Hey everybody, it's me, Scott. I'm taking just a minute before the beginning of this particular episode to talk about something exciting. Uh, Numenera The Signal has been nominated for a 2014 Any Award. Uh, they're handed out every year at Gen Con to kind of the best in tabletop gaming. Um, and The Signal was nominated in the best podcast category uh, in some very I would consider a gust company, uh, all games considered, the Grim Dark podcast, Ken and Robin talk about stuff, and fellow Numenera podcast, Transmissions from the Ninth World. And you should definitely subscribe to all of them and uh, give them your time, uh, because they're all very, very quality podcasts and uh, well worth a listen. However, I would love your support. Please uh, go to the Any website. Uh, that's www.anyawards.com, E-N-N-I-E-awards.com, and uh, take some time to vote. The voting goes July 20th through 30th, which means it should be live by the time you listen to this podcast. And um, although the nominations are uh, juried out of uh, a number of submissions, the uh, voting itself is all fan-based. So uh, I would certainly appreciate your support. I'm sure Transmissions from the Ninth World would also appreciate your support. And while you're there, you should vote on a number of other Numenera products that are up in a number of categories. The Core Book, uh, the Bestiary, the Creature Decks are all in there. And uh, they're all great products by a great bunch of people who just want to make games that are fun for you. So you should uh, definitely give them a little bit of your time as well. And uh, I think I speak for all of the people who are nominated in all the categories when I say that they'd love your support too. So take some time, fill out a ballot, and uh, let the Ennies know who you think uh, was amongst the best in gaming for 2014. And hopefully Numenera The Signal will be amongst them. So tell your friends to vote as well. And uh, maybe, just maybe... I'll manage to beat Ken and Robin, who uh, are fantastic and probably will win. Um, I just also want to take a moment to say thank you to all of you for the support you've shown me so far. Uh, the Signal is very much a labor of love, and it has been very much worth it due to the uh, tremendous feedback I've been receiving over both Google Plus and on Twitter. Uh, I love to hear from you guys. I'd love to continue hearing from you guys uh, because you're a great community and uh, very supportive. And, uh, yeah, so keep sending me stuff. Uh, art. I'd love to see art based on uh, some of the stuff and characters that's brought up in the signal. I think that would be fantastic. And I would be sure to tweet and Google Plus anything that you send my way so that other people can see it and experience it, too. So, uh... Just putting that out there. Um, anyway, that's going to be the end of my spiel because I don't want this to go longer than the episode itself. So thank you for your time. And with that all said, I now turn things over to Vox and The Signal. Salt, Numenera Hunters. I'm Vox, an informed Jack who tells tales, and this is The Signal. For every visitant who's come to our world and lives in peace alongside humanity, there is one who's come to exploit, to enslave, and to consume. If you can hear me, take note this broadcast is for and about Queslin, the boomtown land of opportunity on the coast of the Saramarica. They say the salt runs free in Queslin, but the salt running freest is from the tears of the exploited. 
Getting information out of Queslin is hard enough, but you must make sure this information reaches Queslin. If you're in Queslin, it's probably too late for you, but listen closely. Want adventure? Wish to experience the delights of travel and the joys of discovery? More interested in making your way in the world? Whatever your heart's desire, whatever your waking wish, you can have it in Queslin. We're looking for those who are willing to work hard to increase Queslin's prosperity and their own. Those who commit five years to our Work to Live program will be well rewarded. Don't waste any time. Don't ask around. Don't let anyone else in on your special secret to success. Just come to Queslin, where the salt runs free. Most honeyed traps aren't so salty. When young Baron arrived in Queslin, he was in the prime of his life. A strapping man, he was drawn like so many others by the promise of prosperity. He would have seen the luxurious homes overlooking the coast, the wealthy privs living idle lives, the merchants peddling their exotic high-quality fare. He would have been told by smiling faces that he too could live that life of carefree splendor. All he had to do was sign a five-year contract and he could earn the easy life. What were a few years of toil in the salt mines for a hardy young man, especially when shown the tangible rewards he could earn? He didn't question why he wasn't told exactly what work he'd be expected to do. He didn't question why there were so few privs. He didn't question their smiling faces or their vague promises. He didn't question them because of the heady promise of wealth and the soothing thrum of the midtown obelisk so pleasant to look at. After three years, Baron's pathetic withered husk was fed into a machine to be processed for its essential salts, so it could go back into the salt feed. Waste not, want not, after all, and the salt is the second most precious export from the town. Poor Baron's tale is all too common in Queslin. Hundreds arrive every year, thousands are indentured deep within the salt mazes, and you can count the survivors on the surface, the privs who've worked to live, if you can call what they're doing living. In the end, death may be the kindest fate the doomed fortune-seekers who flock to Queslin can ever hope for. Seekers, such as young Daffida of Hayrest, who came to Queslin hoping the wealth she could earn after five years might help her father get the treatment he needs for a wasting disease. Or Calden, formerly of the float market, looking to start a new life and set up his own shop after years toiling as an apprentice on the foundry barge Flint 5. Or Erdrick Prynne, wanting to strike out on his own away from his noble kin in Lorik and make his own fortune. His family wants to know what happened to him. But perhaps they could yet be saved, they and all the others, especially considering what may become of them if they're hardy enough to withstand what happens in those lightless salt mazes. Merchants and sailors toil in Queslin, living and working alongside the Pribs. They learn very quickly not to peer too far beneath the surface. Occasional disappearances are known to happen, and the money they can make trading in and with the town is often enough to push away dangerous curiosity. One of the primary exports is the salt, but the leeches are the true source of the town's wealth. 
The leeches that feed so far down in the mines until they've become the briny delicacy the elite of the beyond and even some corners of the steadfast will pay handsomely for. What the merchants and traders don't know, however, is that only a fraction of the plump leeches extracted from the mines are actually shipped out. The rest are consumed by the overseer and the privs. The leeches are their primary food source thanks to the high salt content. You see, they need that high saline content to survive. Because they aren't human. Oh, they certainly look human. They sound human. They act human. Mostly. But like Queslin itself, their happy facade hides something terrible and other. Something that has taken root in the salt-infused bodies of those few with the constitution to survive the five years of a work-to-live contract. The overseer is the core of the problem, a strange creature from an unfathomable place that long ago found human flesh to wear, and began the salt mines at Queslin to feed itself, and to provide an environment where its brood could thrive. At first it relied on clones of its mansuit to act as hosts for its offspring, as they worked deep below, running the beetles and monitoring the feeding. Now, they use those clones only until they've proven worthy, worthy enough to become the privs. The overseer who calls itself Wilbur Brandle isn't seeking to expand its dominion or to conquer the world, no, it has everything it needs in Queslin, thanks to a constant influx of opportunity seekers who just wanted a better life. Not even the sinister rumors of people never returning is enough to turn the desperate or the needy away. There are other rumors about Queslin. Rare pilgrims from our order of the Lady of the Saltway are unwelcome in the town, though it's not clear why. This has allegedly piqued the interest of Halit Gabra. It's said she's offered to reward anyone who brings her real evidence about what happens there, or who can reveal to her the true identity of the overseer. It's unclear how much the Halits know about what happens in Queslin, or whether they'd approve or be aghast by the truth. Lord Balathur, a noble of the Pytheron Empire, is offering a king's ransom to anyone who can find a way to cultivate the coveted Queslin leeches locally. That would, of course, require smuggling live leeches out of Queslin. Good luck. Eighty miles southwest of Queslin, the inverted palace hangs immobile in the sky. Though it is furnished and well-kept, as though by an army of unseen servants, no one is ever glimpsed within. It's not easily accessible. The front gate is nearly 300 feet in the air, and though gravity is inverted in the building and for all of its furnishings, visitors will find the phenomenon does not extend to them. As it always does, the time to end this broadcast has come. To everyone in Queslin, I'm very sorry. To everyone else who can hear me, keep listening. I'll be back with more tales from the steadfast and the beyond. Yay to see, Numenera Hunters. I'm Vox, and Signal.
Numenera is a role-playing game written and designed by Monty Cook. Numenera The Signal is a podcast written and produced by Scott C. Bourgeois. The Signal theme song is The Complex by Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com. If you have a tale reporter story you'd like to share, you can reach Vox through Twitter at, at @voxjack or online at voxjack at gmail.com. <laughs>